Take two. For Adelone's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, we're at any of the 22 locations. You can leave with an armful of whatever you need to build your own victory garden. Brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 609, April 28th, 2021. It was 91 degrees on this day in 2004 and 26 degrees on this day on three different occasions, 1907, 1958, 1965, and a couple of ice outs. White Bear Lake went out on this day in 1975, and Minnetonka had an ice out on this day in 1893, 1951, and joined White Bear for an ice out in 1975. And by 1975, beaches were being kept free of weeds and algae and muck by Aquaside, which has been keeping beaches and swimming areas clean of weeds for for more than 60 years with wonderful products that are simple to use. Simply fan them out over the area where you want the kids to be swimming and those... uh, those uh, pills, we'll call them pills, tablets, whatever. Sure. They take care of the problem right away. They're approved by the EPA and DNR. This is a White Bear Lake company, Aquaside. They're going to keep your weed problem under control and make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse... On the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. The uh, President speaks tonight. Well, he is going to inform us that he intends to take from the rich and redistribute to the poor. He has really cozied up, hasn't he, to the uh, to the Mysterian wing of the Democratic Party. There was great hope that he would have remained somewhat centralized in his views. He promised to bring the country together. He has no he has done no such thing. Well, he none is, of this uh, can shock you. No, but he's just he. Well, he's a forty-five year salon dweller, and it's all coming home to roost now. And he really seems to have cozied up to the AOC faction of the party. And tonight we're going to learn of more trillions and trillions of dollars he anticipates to find in the, in the couch cushions. And he's going to uh, spread that around uh, for education and health care and daycare and, and you name it. That will be on this evening. So I did read yesterday that <clears throat> he's going to take our money to give to the IRS to come after us for more of our money. Is that is that how I read that, Joe? He wants yes. to give, uh, what That's was it? it? Exactly. How much did he want to give to the 80 IRS? Billion. 80, 80 billion. Yeah. And nope. that would be to uh, unleash some agents uh, going after the people who haven't paid their, their uh, what he considers well, their fair share. Which Listen, there's a part of me that thinks that's fine. I don't think I should pay more taxes than Jeff Bezos. Sorry, I just don't think I should. <laughs> It's not just going after people. It's uh, going after individuals who earn more than 400k a year. Uh, they would face a higher likelihood of a tax audit. Cheating or not, you're going to get audited because you make over 400k a year. And I believe just he's like returning that. the tax rate above those 400 grand a year to the old 39.2 uh, percent level. Yes. Uh, achievement, achievement <laughs> wow. is uh, achievement wow. is truly. 
achievement is truly under attack by the Mysterians. Achievement is frowned upon uh, or looked upon only as a means by which they can get their hands on it and do with what really should have been done with it in the first place. So your individual achievements are, uh, are quite in play with this administration. So does that mean then that he's going to go after um, Roger Goodell? Because don't isn't the NFL considered a nonprofit? Didn't we learn that a couple? I, of years I don't ago? know what's what he's going to do about that. I, I really don't. Say you you seem particularly taken, uh, Chris, mm-hmm. with a body cam video oh, yes. showing a guy named Representative Jewel Jones getting stopped in Michigan. He's a legislator. Uh, just <coughs> bless you. Bless Excuse you. me. Excuse me. You all right? I, I feel better than I sound. I, I'm i having trouble getting these various <laughs> things. Before you control. shift lanes, before you shift lanes, there's one thing you meant, uh, left out in this Biden $80 billion to beef up IRS aud- audits. Uh, you mentioned child care more affordable, but you didn't mention free community college for all. That's right, two years' worth. Two years. Free community college. And kids, that ain't going to get you enough money to pay the bill he's going to then give you for your taxes. (laughs) Yeah. They just can't rake it in fast enough and give it away. Kenny, would our friends at Ain't fall under that category? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um, What was the rate? You said 39.2. That alone is going to encourage cheating. Well, it was 39.2 for a long time. Yeah. And uh, then the yeah. Trumpers came in, and it got lower than 39.2. But he Speaking thinks he's going to raise $700 billion in revenue over the next 10 years with this yeah. plan. Anyway. Well, that doesn't approximate the $1.8 trillion he needs to pull off the latest giveaway. <laughs> right. You can't right. win here. No, no, no. Anyway, yeah. John, I, I will probably finish tonight. Uh, squeeze me. Carl Hyacinth's latest. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just been uh, delightful. Uh, just <laughs> absolutely falling down hilarious at times. And mm-hmm. among the things you uh, you discover in the book, I don't care if it's true or not, it's just still funny as hell, is that the president has a uh, tanning bed tester. And the, uh, <laughs> the guy's got to get in the tanning bed every day prior to the president using it to make uh-huh. sure all of the electronics work and what have you. And, and I don't think I'm giving anything away when I say on the, on the eve of the big, the big function of the year at Key Largo, the commander's ball, the thing went haywire. And, yeah. and, uh, and Trump comes out of it looking like a baked ham. And he, uh, <laughs> he wears a top hat and a, uh, an African Zulu fighting mask to, to hide his face. And it, honest to God, I, I damn near couldn't uh, sleep last night. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, it's and a very I'll, I'll finish it tonight. I'll yeah. finish it tonight. You probably already have a good idea how it ends, I'm guessing. I, I really, but, uh, I just, I, I was rooting for the snake to eat him, but he's too big. There's no way a snake could eat the guy. But anyway, how about that old Rocco, that manager? He doesn't seem like he's up to snuff, huh? <laughs> Chris, care to in? Michigan State Police dashboard and body cam video has confirmed State Representative Jewel Jones threatened to call Governor Gretchen Whitmer during his April 6 arrest. The video obtained by MIRS News uh, shows Jones arrested on I-96 near Fowlerville on suspicion of drunk driving and resisting arrest. 
The dash cam video shows that Representative Jones wanted to call Governor Whitmer or Michigan State Police Director Colonel Joe Gasper to get him out of the situation. The video shows officers arriving at the scene asking Jones for his ID multiple times. Jones told officers, I can't do that. that does that mean he couldn't physically do it or he didn't know how to do it? <laughs> well, when you hear the video, you can decide for yourself. <laughs> After refusing to give his ID, Jones was tackled as officers tried to arrest him. Michigan State Patrol officers can be heard yelling, stop resisting at Jones. Jones then told officers to get off of him, saying, I'm telling you, that's not going to be good for you. I run y'all's budget. Okay. Officers can be heard yelling at Jones to give up his arm so they can handcuff him. State police reported they tased him and sprayed him with pepper spray. As Jones was on the ground and officers still wanted his ID, he said, I will call Governor Whitmer right now, bro. I'm a state rep. I'm going to give it to you. He later continued, when I call Gretchen, I'm going to need y'all's ID, badge numbers, and everything. Why don't you pick it up from there? All right, here we go to the KIMS newsroom. State Representative Jewel Jones threatened to call Governor Gretchen Whitmer when he was pulled over by police for drunk driving. It was all caught on video. News 10, Spencer Soicher has our report. Police dash cam video shows that rep Jewel Jones wanted to call Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer or Michigan State Police Director Joe Gasper to get him out of the situation. This video, first obtained by MERS News, shows Michigan State Police officers pulling over the Democratic House rep on I-96 near Fowlerville on April 7th. When officers arrive, they ask Jones for his ID multiple times. I want your ID and your driver's license. Okay? I can't do that. After refusing to give his ID, it gets physical. Don't tense up. I'm tensing up the toe. Don't tense up. Stop resisting that. I'm telling you, if you do that, that's not going to be good. Stop. It's not going to be good for you. I'm telling you. Stop. I run your budget, bro. Officers can be heard yelling at Jones to give up his arm so they can handcuff him. State police reported they tased him and sprayed him with pepper spray. I'll call Governor Whitmer right now. Just let me let me get up on state rep. I'm going to give it to you. When I call Gretchen, I need your IDs and badge numbers and everything. Eventually, Jones is able to get up and is walked to the back of the police car. That's when he asks to give MSP Director Joe Gasper a call. I'm not sure he's up or not. If he's not up, wake him up. Tell him Joe who you have. Tell Joe who you have. Handcuffed. Jones now facing charges of drunk driving, resisting, and having a weapon while under the influence. He and his attorney did not return our request for an interview. As for his future, Democratic House Leader Donna Wazinski says she'll let the legal process play out before deciding if he'll be taken off things like committees. Now the governor's office and the Michigan State Police declined our request for interviews for this story. In Lansing, Spencer Soisher, News 10. WDIV-TV in Detroit reports that Jones refused a breathalyzer test and that police reports show he had a blood alcohol level of 0.19, the legal limit of Michigan, 0.08. Well, I have a number of observations. Mm -hmm. One, none of that's surprising to us. Sure. And two, if the Michigan Democratic Party behaves as the Minnesota Democratic Party has behaved, he will suffer no repercussions from his caucus. This is shades of John Thompson. 
I can imagine John Thompson doing exactly this in the event he ever got pulled over. He would demand that you call Governor Walls, and he would say, I'm a state legislator. And, and I'm above uh, the law. I'm above the law, mm-hmm. and this poor fellow, thank God nobody got shot or any of that nonsense. But this is a, just a typical buffoon who thinks that his election to office has entitled him to some special privileges that don't exist. But in terms of whether he'll be removed from committees or somehow reprimanded by his own party, I really doubt it. I really doubt it. See, that's what's shocking to me, the removal. Not sure if they'll remove him from a committee. In my world, he'd never show up in that Capitol again. Right. He, he's out for life. And if you watch the video, and I'll post this to our social media channel, so if the dealers want to check this out, they can. When he's in the back of the squad car, because there's obviously another camera on him, when he's telling the cops to call the, the, the police captain or whatever, his eyes are closed, and he is hammered. I mean, he can't even sit what up straight. 1.9, how many is that? That's, that's a dozen, isn't it? 0.19? Yeah. I have no uh, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... Um, but yeah, he, he'd never work again, and of course, that won't be the case. He'll just keep going back to work as if nothing happened, and uh, we don't hold these people on a higher plane anymore. Well, they Kenny, to... in my world, uh, like yours, John Thompson would have been removed from the ballot. Well, I, 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 I would have pressed charges against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep in mind, it was .19, Kenny, and when he was stopped, it was still daylight. Yeah. There's uh there's more to this story too which makes it even worse. Yep. Which oh, no. I Yeah. Oh, I have found this uh, on the website of Fox 2, which is the same channel that uh, apparently uh, we just listened to. More information coming out about his uh, arrest. Apparently he was found with his pants down with a woman when that arrest all started. Oh. That's what started everything. Oh. And, the, and this thing we just heard? Yeah, Mears obtained the full police report, shared it with Fox 2 News. In the report, Representative Jewel Jones was holding up a female passenger near the passenger side door of the vehicle. Paramedic on the scene had observed the woman's pants were down and Jones' pants were partially down. Hmm. The The woman was eventually placed in an ambulance after it was determined she was unable to stand on her own, had vomited, and was essentially unresponsive. While emergency personnel administered care to the female, Jones identified himself and the woman as people of importance. Uh, and that's when the whole uh, rest of the mess started. Uh, it goes without saying that this isn't anything a white legislator wouldn't have tried also. So uh, I'm sure that happens all the time. The old don't you know who I am game. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, that happens all the time. What a weird coincidence that both their pants were down at the same time. Well, it's funny so, that you mention that because you hear nothing of a woman on that audio. Well, when she you, must have no, been really wiped but out. But on the she video, was, Joe, when yeah, you pull, when you watch the video, the squad car pulls up to the ambulance, and yep. he's standing behind the ambulance as paramedics are tending to someone. You can't tell from the video, but obviously it's wow. the woman. So could, assault, should, should uh, sexual assault charges be added if she couldn't even function? And he's trying to can apricots in that condition on the well, we side don't even, of the road. This could have been on his the wife. side of the road. This really? could have been his wife. We don't know who the woman was. But I mean, if she's unresponsive, that still doesn't give you permission to go to town. You would think not. Let's get but again, again, yeah. this is what's happening to us. This is who we're 
electing. This is who's running. Yep. And this, this is who's getting elevated into positions of power. And at one point he says, hey, bro, I write your budget. Well, <laughs> good luck with you there, pal. And he wanted them to call the head of the patrol and wake him up. Get him up. Tell him if you have. He wanted to call the governor. Like, what? Yeah. He wouldn't even set foot on Capitol grounds. And I would find a way to press charges. Well, you think that's, well, in Michigan, maybe that story will get followed up on. But uh, it, it probably won't get. Oh, Joe, he might not. On here. He might, may or may not be removed from a few committees. That that'll mm. be the extent of it. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's getting harder and harder to see the the GL part of America, isn't it? <laughs> it's just uh, it's out there somewhere, but it's it's unpublished. It's unpublished. Getting harder and harder and harder. Uh, here's something, uh, a bit of irony for you. Just as President Joe tells us, guess what? You can take your mask off and go to the park and have a picnic. Oh. That's what I love to do. I love to go to the park and, and have a picnic. And uh, now I can do that without my mask because I've been fully vaccinated. He might even allow me to have a, to cook a Grunhofer's brat, sure. for example, on the 4th of July if I'm with other people who've been vaccinated. But did you see the other though? Uh, I, John and I don't know if you have this in your news, but our friends at the Babylon Bee are now reporting this that the <laughs> CDC now recommends wearing a seatbelt even when you're outside of the car. Yep, I always bring mine. Yeah, I bring you mine. still, Such, can't go see Rocco's Nine. Uh, you'll still have to wear a mask there. What is Rocco's Nine? The twins. The twins. Oh, Rocco. Yeah. But the irony is that uh, I was reading today that uh, gas stations this summer could find themselves completely out of gas, uh, just as we're sprung from our COVID restrictions and want to discover whatever might be left of this once great land. And the reason is... Reavers Longs Drive Home. <laughs> the National Tank Truck Carriers, the industry's trade group, uh, say that between 20 to 25 percent of the tank trucks in the fleet are parked heading into this summer due to a lack of qualified drivers. Wow. At this point in 2019, only 10 percent of trucks were sitting idle for that reason. We've been dealing with a driver shortage for a while, but the pandemic took the issue and metastasized it. Must metastasized it yeah. said ryan yeah. streblo the executive director of the tank tanker group uh, uh drivers left the business a year ago when gasoline demand ground to a near halt during the early oh, pandemic sure. okay. related shutdowns uh, we were even hauling boxes for amazon just to keep our drivers busy said Holly McCormick, vice president in charge of driver recruitment and retention at Groindike Transport, an Oklahoma tanker company. A lot of drivers didn't want to do the safety protocols. We're also looking with, looking, working with an aging workforce. Many said I might as well take it as a cue to retire. Not just any truck driver is allowed to drive a tanker truck. It requires special certification, including a commercial driver's license and weeks of training after being hired. 
And while the jobs are more attractive than some long-haul trucking jobs that can keep drivers away from home for days or weeks at a time, it is strenuous, difficult work. McCormick, who runs the Workforce Committee for the Association, said another problem was the shutdown of many driver schools early in the pandemic. The pipeline of new drivers those schools would have produced has yet to be filled. And then there's a new federal clearinghouse that went online in January 2020 to identify truck drivers with prior drug or alcohol violations who failed drug tests, which knocked about 40,000 to 60,000 drivers out of the national employment pool. Mother of God. In normal times, driver turnover can run around 50% on an annual basis, but that spiked to a roughly 70% annual rate in April of last year. According to Brad Fulton, Director of Research and Analytics at Stay Metrics, a trucking recruiting and retention firm. Most of the drivers who hired on at tanker carriers last spring when the pandemic first hit left the field quickly, sometimes taking jobs in industries such as construction, which has been booming. Tanker operators are raising pay to fill their drivers' needs and raising the rates they charge customers accordingly this is uh isn't this going to be something if you you want to pack up the family and go visit jellystone in in july and all of a sudden you can't get any gas there's gas there's crude oil to be refined we're not short of gas we're short of drivers to deliver it to the gas station yeah isn't that a fine how do you do? You know what, though? The, the part that you mentioned, though, about the standards, I know Kenny agrees with me. I'm co- completely fine with that because we've got, as Kenny would put, way too many steering wheel holders now on the roads anyway. So that part doesn't bother me in the least. Well, the guys who haul gasoline are very trained guys. Yeah. They're, it's a very specialized field. They realize they're hauling bombs around, and they're very careful. Mm-hmm. There's a ripple effect. Jeff Leonard, spokesman at the National Association of Convenience Stores, said his members are worried about what the driver shortage will mean for their deliveries, especially with demand for gas already back up to 97% of where it was in this time in 2019. Our demand for gas is almost back to where it was two years ago. I've talked to retailers. They say there could be places where there are brief outages, he said. If they have no fuel, they have no business. People aren't going to stop in for a sandwich if you don't have fuel. Vacation hotspots are most at risk of shortages. And there were some sporadic outages reported in Florida, Arizona, and northwest Missouri during the recent spring break period, said Tom Closeup, chief oil analyst for the Oil Price Information Service. But even if only a few stations run out of gas... That could spark a run on gasoline as drivers will start topping off their tanks to avoid running dry down the road. Imagine the hoarding with toilet paper and topping off of gas tanks that we see after hurricanes and you can see what might happen, said Closa. The problem is made worse by the strong demand for gas, which some forecast could top 10 million barrels a day for the first time ever at various points this summer. It doesn't take much. Crowd behavior can provoke shortages. Wow. 
Data from Adobe shows that a rebound in hotel bookings is running ahead of the rebound in airline bookings, with flights down 22% from 2019, while hotel reservations remain steady. All of this could put pressure on gas prices, which typically rise at the start of summer as seasonal regulations take effect, requiring the more expensive summer blend of gasoline needed to combat smog. and all of this, to my way of thinking, is exacerbated by a political class currently in power that really doesn't, wouldn't really have this at the top of their radar. Mm-mm. Now, again, they can't do much about it. It's not Biden's fault that there are people who left the tanker truck driving industry. But, but rather than tell me tonight how much money you want to spend on three-year-olds whose parents might be perfectly willing to take care of that three-year-old, how about throw me a little bone and say, I'm aware of this tanker truck driver shortage, and uh, we're going to do something about it. You're never going to hear that. So what I'm hearing you say is you want another aid package um, sent out there by the government. Is that what I'm hearing? No, you're not hearing that. What you're hearing is that I think I think we're governed by people who are predisposed, given their their green attitudes and their belief in uh, man is ruining Earth and their belief in the ascendancy of the electric automobile. That this, uh, you know, they're, they're this is a crimey crimey a river situation. Sure. I, I I really don't think they uh, again. It's not their fault that people left the the industry. It's not their fault because COVID but, struck. Yes, Kenny. One of the points I think you're making here is he doesn't have to initiate a program or spend money on it. All he has to do is make an off-the-cuff remark saying, hey, we're shortage of uh, tanker truck drivers. Take the test. Qualify. Get out there and get yourself a good-paying job. Boom. Please. Move along. Please. I would be thrilled to hear that. I would be thrilled. It's just the power of the microphone and the camera and a quick mention. He's got the pulpit. Right. And he won't. No. no, he doesn't even know this is happening. No, no, it's a uh, it's a crying shame. It's a, now you know what I'm really hoping, and I think it'll work out. You got to get enough gas in your tank to get up to Giants Ridge. Mm-hmm. Do you know that uh, April 30? That's two days from now. That's Friday. Golf opens at the Quarry. Nice. The special season opener rate April 30th plus May 1st of 62 bucks plus tax to play one of the most destination go-to courses in America. The Legend opens for play the following week on Friday, May 7th. The Legend and the Quarry at Giants Ridge are the greatest value in Minnesota golf. You're not going to find two courses of this caliber so close together for that price. For either for few other golf facilities in the nation can claim more than one public course on Golf Digest Top 100. Golf Digest Editor's Choice Award Best Golf Resorts in the Midwest have both the quarry and the legend. So fill up the tank while you can and turn your next round into an adventure at Giants Ridge, the legend and the quarry. Uh, let me tell you something. It's a 37-hole special during the bright, the uh, brunt of summer. The legend in the quarry, 36 holes of Minnesota's golf, best golf, plus lunch between rounds at one incredible rate, $160 plus tax on weekdays, and $175 plus tax on weekends. Uh, find out everything you want to know at GiantsRidge.com, including some great 3D course flyovers. 
Well, the sun is up somewhere, and DK Mags is open on Old 8 in New Brighton. DK Mags, the place by which all other shops are measured. Uh, they're also all over the web at dkmags.com, a very nifty YouTube page demonstrating the latest and greatest. They also own Monticello Gun up in Cello. And boy, both shops have been as busy as ever lately. They've been keeping a pretty good inventory, keeping prices reasonable. Uh, both stores just received a pile of inventory, so things are going great. Shelves are stocked, and they're ready to serve. And when you stop in, you'll be treated like a law-abiding citizen. The staff always happy to answer your questions, help with orders, set your mind straight, send you home happy. And because they deserve it, law enforcement, first responders, current military veterans, all of y'all get an additional discount. I'm talking Monticello Pawn and Gun and DKMags.com. Gun shops run by GLers for GLers. Ricey here with Canopy Group Facts. Fact one, the Canopy Group writes more business in one month than a captive agent writes in three years. How is this possible? Let's share the other facts for you to understand. Fact two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Fact three, the Canopy Group offers annual policies, not six-month policies, that leave you at risk for two premium increases per year. Fact four, the Canopy Group offers one deductible at claim time, not two, three, four, or even more. Fact five, every year the Canopy Group will shop your home and auto insurance with their 16 companies. Captive insurance agencies can't shop that way for you because guess what? They only have one company to deal with. Now that you have the facts, it's time to get the options. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. The sense I'm getting is that all of you GLers, every single one of you listening now, today, tomorrow, next week, next year, you've already signed up for ProfessionalTurf.com. That free no-obligation estimate, the pro walks your yard, sets up treatment, sets you up. You get treatments all summer, three to four of them. Keeps your yard free of weeds, thick grass, etc., etc. So then I'm wondering, well, what am I doing here? Ah, landscaping is what I'm doing here. I was just reminded recently of the amazing job that ProfessionalTurf.com did to my back. I just, my backyard was like the Adams family house. It was gross and dark and dank and shrooms. And ugh. They came in there, pulled some crap out of there, threw down some patio pavers, some shrubs, this, that, the other. And I went from zero to hero in, in the matter of a week, and it really helped sell that dump when I need to decided to uh, flee Minneapolis. So. If you're thinking about landscape, please, please think about ProfessionalTurf.com. They will do you right. That's all I wanted to say. I'm just looking at the unlikely event of an opener this Friday. It does not look like it. Uh, a 63-degree high is predicted. Speaking of gasoline, uh, Mike, just a bit outside Duluth and home from Arizona, writes, I too love the smell of gas. My mind can still create the sweet smell of ethyl, the good stuff, being pumped into our family Oldsmobile station wagon on a warm summer day back in 1957. 
Anyone under 40 years of age might never have experienced that. What a shame. These days, after I have run my muscle car in the shop for a few minutes, I can enjoy the lingering perfume of burned 110-octane race gas, once called what, guys? Avgas. Avgas. No, I did not know that. It smells like no other gasoline available today. Now back in God's country, Mike, just a bit outside of Duluth. P.S. After listening to your story about the St. Paul Starbucks on Marshall Avenue, are we to assume that no one goes there anymore because it's too crowded? <laughs> Wait, you no Can Yogi I take Vera. it to the next level? The, the smell I miss uh, from my childhood is race gas mixed with what we called bean oil. It's castor oil, two-stroke oil. Mm. And if you ever went to any kind of racing, boat racing, motorcycle, a dirt bike, snowmobile, the, the whole, I mean, there was a blue haze hanging over the track area, and it was that bean oil mixed with race gas. I, I just gave myself goosebumps. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I really did. Kenny, just... I'm not oh, trying to be. Goodness. I'm not trying to be funny. Is that what I would smell? Because the Rice County Fairgrounds would have the yes. Derby days. Yes. Is that that same yes. smell? That was. And you yeah. guys recall back when I was racing vintage sleds in the early 2000s. I, I, I had, I had an engine that was really bored over and poured, and, and I had to run uh, race gas, and I I ran bean oil, and uh, at the same time I had a lawn boy two-stroke one of those old green ones so i ran i ran castor oil in that thing every time i mowed my lawn it smelled like a dirt bike race it was so <laughs> awesome <laughs> well steve from the belly of the beast right in urban america writes i share the love for the wonderful aroma of gasoline and my thanks to gl listener howard who shared his story like the perfume of a beautiful woman it is a powerful elicitor of season of sensory memory for me, it's springtime and mowing the lawn. It's summertime on the boat as a kid helping my dad haul that heavy six-gallon classic red gas tank from the, re- from the marine pump out to the dock and onto the boat to fire up the Mercury outboard motor. To this day, I love the smell of... Uh, I, I love the smell of the gas pump when I fill up my vehicle as a gentle breeze wafts the fumes upward. It's the scent of opportunity and of freedom to know what miracle of man has the power to take you wherever your heart desires. Thanks for the reminder. Loyal GL listener in the belly of the beast in Liberal Lakes area of Minneapolis, Steve Mulholland. Well said, Steve. Mm-hmm. Well, I said the other day, I think it's deeper than just the smell of gas. I think it elicits yeah. fond, familial memories. Well, it's almost yep. the same thing mm-hmm. when you hear a song, right? Don't you? Mm-hmm. When you guys hear a song, you all automatically... Put yourself in wherever the, whatever that memory creates. Is Radar that- Love does it to me every <laughs> single time. Uh, I'm nine years old again when Radar Love comes on. Here is just the kind of story that most adult Americans don't read because it just appears to be so boring until you realize how importantly stories like this fit into the mystery. It's in today's Pioneer Press, and the headline is County, meaning Ramsey, County Balks at Metro Transit's Funding Request. Subhead, Financially Strapped Agency, meaning Metro Transit, seeking $5.8 million for Green Line operations. Ramsey County, on Tuesday, put the brakes on a Metro Transit request for $5.8 million. Facing a severe budget shortfall, 
Metro Transit needs Hennepin and Ramsey counties to make up 31% of the Green Line's $44.7 million budget. Both counties tabled the request, unhappy at being cut out of the conversation before being handed the bill. What do you think we are going to get this, Commissioner Victoria Reinhardt said. The answer is the taxpayers. Ramsey County, a partner in the 11-mile light rail transit line connecting the downtowns of Minneapolis and St. Paul, would expect to contribute. But two things were different this time around. First, additional costs were added into the operating agreement by Metro Transit without inviting the count without inviting the counties to the table to understand the rationale behind the cost. Second, at the legislature, Governor Tim Walz's budget proposed that metro counties would be asked to pay a larger share of their sales tax revenue for transit, a portion that was not previously expected to be paid by the Mm. counties. It's less about sticker shock or anything specific about the operating agreement, County Manager Ryan O'Connor explained. It's more about saying these things are comprehensive issues. We need a regional strategy and vision together. We shouldn't surprise one another. In other words, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. Counties who foot a large share of the bill and are asked to raise the revenue, they're not being invited in as early as they would like to be. In other words, they weren't invited in at all. They just got a bill handed to them. The coronavirus pandemic and the civil unrest following George Floyd uh, hit Metro Transit especially hard, uh, said the agency's general manager, Wes Kustra. Metro Transit is a division of the Metropolitan Council, who are unelected people. It transports riders through a combined network of buses, light rail, and commuter rail. For most of three quarters of 2020, we experienced ridership losses of 65% for bus, 75% for light rail, and 95% for commuter rail, he said. Since the beginning of the pandemic, more than 400 on-site essential Metro Transit employees have tested positive for COVID. The state's primary public transportation operator has been kept afloat, mostly with federal funding, having received or applied for at least... (laughs) 725.5 million dollars since March of 2020 for immediate budget needs and future planning. Ridership is this could be true anywhere you get closest to the country's tallest buildings. Ridership is unlikely to return to pre-pandemic levels due to many commuters now working from home. How about also to the fact that it's a crime-infested rat hole to get on the damn train? It's just not safe. Currently, we're forecasting ridership will be down about 40% in 2022 to 25% in 2023 and about 24% after that, said Ed Petrie, Metro Transit's Director of Finance. Metro Transit was asking Ramsey County for funds to keep the green line running, but county commissioners said that because more than just county residents use the transit system, the conversation should be about the bigger picture, and the bulk of the financial burden should rest on the state. Uh, Okay. 
The county plans to work with Metro Transit on cost-cutting measures and likely will vote on the operating grant request in May. I have an idea. I have a serious idea. Mothball these suckers. I'm serious. Stop running light rail. Mothball it. It's nothing but a new entitlement program. People get on and off without paying. It'll never pay for itself. It's become a crime-infested mess. It doesn't work. It does not work as the salon dwellers intended. They saw a beautiful European-style cafe society with a little choo-choo running between all the little individual stores you'd get off and buy a baguette of bread that would stick out the top of the grocery bag so people knew you were hip. (laughs) Mothball the fleet. Save us some money. It doesn't work. Mothball the trains. Trains have been mothballed before in this country and brought back. I don't see why you couldn't do it this time. I you don't think any of them would would do that. No, because you know what's going to happen. They're going to say, "Well, then how is uh, how how are people supposed to get to work that rely on it for transportation?" They're, they're... Name me five people that rely on it to get to work. <laughs> five. I just want five. They're currently constructing the Southwest. Uh, corridor because I drive through it every day that runs alongside 212. I have seen very little progress in about the last six months, so I don't even know. Did they halt construction on that project? Because there's been nothing done the last six months on that project. I've been muted this whole time, no wonder. Um, <laughs> that's why it was so good, right? Yeah. Uh, not only will they disagree with you, but they will call you racist for that idea. Oh, yeah. Be- because for that sure. idea affects um, the minorities of the community. What's racist about trying to save some money? No, you're, you're, you're pulling away this. No, I get it. This, I get yeah. it. But I have no race in mind. I have dollars in mind. Well, that's because you have white privilege, Joe. No, there's no such thing. No. I, I disabuse you. And not only will they not, no not do that, they will do the opposite. They will throw more and more and more money uh, at it. And, and I would say, okay, maybe mothball it until crime improves. Well, well, well that's, <laughs> that's not going to happen. No, no. Well, I'm deadly serious. I say mothball them. Until you get you your act together. Because uh, you can't afford this, uh, Metro Transit. You can't afford this. And neither we can know we. You're, we know you're serious, Joe, but you know what? It's not going <laughs> to happen. No, I know. I know. It, it just How won't. about if they cut the trips in half? But people tell me all the time. People tell me all the time, well, you never have ideas for solutions. There's my solution. There's, there's one right well, wait, there. Stop the trains. What, what Kenny just said, though, might be a more logical conclusion. Less what? frequency, less trips. Stop half the trains. I, that's fine with me too. This is ridiculous. So I've I've monitored this since 2014 when the trains when the Green Line first started running. There's nobody on the trains. No. Nobody. I used to see the train uh, going to work in the morning at about 5 a.m. That train would roll down the Hiawatha line, and it's two cars, two big long ones attached, and there's 10 people. Why does that? Why does there have to be two cars there? Just put a little short train in there. Run a short train. You don't need all that space. Well, I like the idea of cutting the uh, cutting the uh, service time in half. It's 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 ridiculous. This is just ridiculous. It was ridiculous from the get go. It was ridiculous in the planning stages. But you are being ruled from the salon, and all they saw was visions of fairy tales and sugar plums and small Belgian cities. Our hope is that there will not be a bunch of suburbanites just racing through. Don't worry, that didn't happen, Sharon. That through 
through these windows, you will see the glory and magnitude of the wonderful neighborhoods that are here in this South Minneapolis community. We have much to offer. And with this critical investment, you're going to be able to see more. You will get off of one of those stations and visit an art store, get a cup of coffee, get something to eat in one of our fantastic uh, restaurants. And if you're really hip, you can get off at Whiskey Junction or the Joint or the Caboose and hear some of the best music in the Twin Cities. No life. These things happen in our community right here in the Phillips neighborhood and the Cedar Riverside community. Here's what you do, Cracker. Get your fat ass on that train down at the Mall of America and go up to 38th Street and eat at the Cardinal. The Cardinal is the Cardinal on 38th is the only reason to get off that stupid train. Talk about mares you miss. I'll take oh. Sharon Sales Belton any day. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Uh, so will I, Joe. So will I. <laughs> I even miss her voice. Did you want to hear it again? I don't. No. Oh, okay, no. you're good. No, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to miss it again. Say uh, another great weekend coming up. Warming temperatures coming up. Get yourself out to EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake, right there on uh, right there on the highway of Highway 61, and uh, check out a Bentelli e-bike. Kalen will help you with the best fit possible the right size frame the right size tires the right size handlebar height the right size saddle the right size options you leave ecofund you will have a year of adventure ahead of you with your electric assist bike also scooters that turn every urban errand into an adventure and a full line of yamaha products youth recreational equipment helmets and apparel and a wonderful wonderful service apartment department that i can attest to because my scooter is now back in my possession i just wish the weather would warm enough warm up enough for me to drive it it's all at ecofund motorsports on highway 61 in downtown forest lake Hey, become a part of the Chill Boys family like the entire Garage Logic staff and also so many of you GLers right now that have made your purchase for maybe for yourself or for somebody else. It doesn't matter because they are the hands down most comfortable underwear you will ever own. I promise you. They have a wide variety. It's performance boxers, bamboo boxers, bamboo boxer briefs. It Just check out their website right now chillboys.com there you can place your order for the comfortable boxers or maybe you want a couple of cool t-shirts sunglasses whatever you want go online right now here's the coolest part if you have an order over 40 dollars, it ships fast and free in the united states yeah anywhere they're a local minnesota company and they are so happy to be part of the garage logic family they also have a really cool number of sale items that are going on right now so do like we did become a part of the chill boys family whether you want the performance the bamboo it doesn't matter you're going to really be happy with your purchase at chill boys brand on twitter here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life joe Suchere. okay uh i don't want to uh, spend all day getting to the bottom of this but joe whatever you're doing right now stop i need your help joe stop yeah stop. i'm right here <laughs> Pen and paper. Uh, by the way, Seafoam, a wonderful product in the world of bad gas. I put in 16 ounces of high mileage Seafoam into uh, every third 
tank of gas today. I'm not I doing up. math. I'm not doing 28 math. Gallons, 28 gallons. So I'm going to buy a 500-gallon bulk tank to keep at the farm so I don't have to be affected by this gas problem. How many 16-ounce cans of high mileage should I dump into my 500-gallon bulk tank? I'm not doing the That's math. The I'm not allowed to. I bet a case. Somebody's got to help me. A Somebody. case. 500 divided by 28 is that's a tank uh, times four, or th excuse me, times three. That's um, just buy a case. A case? Yeah. How many ounces in a case? Uh, there was, there's 24, 24 times 16. What's 59 that? 59.50. Seafoam, <laughs> a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. Here's John Height. <laughs> wow. Uh, thanks, Joe. This update brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com. I am. I'm going to answer. I'm going to have this question answered by tomorrow. I, I have to know because you're well, right. The answer I, is a bleep load. Because you're right. We were talking about me buying a 500 gallon bulk tank off the air, and it might take me two months to go through that bad gas. You're going to have to see sea foam. And I like to have my gas prepped before it even goes in the vehicle. You said a, ga a, so. t a full tank is 28 gallons? Oh, please. Yeah. Come on. I can Chris, hear people hanging Chris, up. Chris has got the calculator out. 17 so. tanks. University of Minnesota Board of Regents is having a special meeting today to talk about the M-SAFE plan. The plan is designed to build trust between the police force and the community. The board is discussing it amid growing tensions between a group of students and campus police. The Minnesota Student Association wants six immediate changes, including the resignation of the police chief on campus. The Association of Students claims Chief Matthew Clark has failed to increase safety for students of color. They're also criticizing his decision to send university officers to respond to Minneapolis and Brooklyn Center protests. Does that include you know, the uh, the story that the U of M student completely made up a couple of months ago, John? I was thinking, remember that turd? Yep. Does who, that, uh, does that said he was mis, uh, mistreated by the police, <laughs> right. and then we heard the audio. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. a video of Minnesota Student Association board members talking about the UMPD is causing concern from law enforcement leaders. The video shows a conversation during which student representatives talk about their relations with UMPD. In one, a representative asks, when you say disrupt UMPD, what do you mean by that? Another student responds, make their lives hell, annoy the bleep out of them and also use up their resources, make their officers show up to something. Well, that uh, doesn't sit well with Jim Mortensen. He's with Law Enforcement Labor Services. He says from working in law enforcement for 32 years, it's mind-boggling to me. I would encourage those students, if you want to find out what the police officers are doing, stop and talk to them, maybe request to go on a ride-along, get educated on what they do for their calls in service. All right, Kenny, I think I have your answer here. A 500-gallon <laughs> stock tank at 28 gallons per full tank of gas for your truck means on a full stock tank, you're going to get about 17.8 tanks of gas for your truck. Or 17 different full tanks for your truck, okay? Right. Yeah. Divided by three would be 5.95 <laughs> cans of seafoam. Good, good night, Joe. If you're doing every third full tank of gas. So I'm about six totally cans. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting 6.6 .6 cans. Yeah, six, around 6 per cans. Per 500 gallons. Yeah, so there you go. Oh, okay. A wonderful product in a world of bad gas. It's seafoam.
Thanks, Kenny. A juror who cast one of the unanimous votes to convict uh, the former police, uh, Minneapolis police officer of killing George Floyd says most of the deliberations primarily were spent trying to convince one person who was uncertain about part of the jury instructions. Brandon Mitchell is the first juror that voted that deliberated in Derek Chauvin's trial to talk publicly about his experience. Uh, he said, I felt like it should have been about 20 minutes, said the 31-year-old Mitchell, according uh, about the deliberations, that is. Uh, Mitchell uh, told ABC's Good Morning America today that much of the time in deliberation was spent going over terminology and making sure we understood what exactly was being asked. Mitchell told Good Morning America he didn't think the jury was affected by tensions in Minneapolis or concerns about what effect their verdicts would have. Floyd's death triggered worldwide protests, violence, and re-examination of racism and policing in the United States. Uh, Mitchell said we weren't watching the news, so we didn't really know what was going on. We were just really locked in on the case. Mitchell also said he thought Chauvin hurt himself by choosing not to testify. He said it probably was to his detriment that he didn't take the stand because people were curious on what his thoughts were throughout the entire incident. Mitchell, who first shared his story with gospel artist Erica Campbell on her podcast, wrote in his jury questionnaire he wanted to serve as a juror, quote, because of all the protests and everything that happened after the event. This is the most historic case of my lifetime, and I would love to be a part of it. Mitchell speculated he was picked for the jury because he was seen as mild-mannered. Minnesota House of Representatives passed legislation yesterday that would make $7.8 million in funding available to support law enforcement agencies responding to the potential civil unrest after the trial. The bill was passed with a 107 to 25 vote in the House and 52 to 15 in the Senate. All 25 votes against the bill were DFL members, 23 of whom are from the Twin Cities area. Some of those members have previously said they oppose more law enforcement funding. That does not also include police reform and accountability measures. Republican support for the bill was unanimous. I have a quick question. Uh, yes, sir. And forgive me, John, if you had this because I was too busy working on Kenny's tank of gas theory. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I think it was NPR reported that Cahill is going to allow um, the the trial of the co other cops. That's also uh -huh. going to be televised. Do we do we need that televised? Mm, I, uh, I mean, I completely understood why the Chauvin trial was. I mean, basically all of it was covered. But no. okay, I I don't know. I have no answer for you. I'm sorry. Thanks. Thank you. A bill to legalize recreational adult use of marijuana in Minnesota is now cleared a half-dozen committees in the House, but still faces at least a couple more committees before a vote on the House floor, and it also faces strong opposition in the Senate. House Majority Leader Ryan Winkler, DFLer from Golden Valley, is the bill's chief author. He says that bill would eliminate law enforcement using possession of small amounts of marijuana as an excuse to arrest black suspects at a higher rate of others. However, law enforcement officials testified it would just make it much easier for people under the age of 21 to access marijuana. Minneapolis police investigating the death of a man who was shot while working last night at the Cedar River at a Cedar Riverside shop. Police responded to a robbery report about 7 p.m. in the 400 block of South Cedar Avenue. Officers found a man with gunshot wounds. He was taken to the hospital, later pronounced dead. Suspect fled in a vehicle. Police are hoping to find video of the area and interviewed people near the scene. 
Police in Moorhead say they've arrested a man in connection to that vandalism at the Moorhead Fargo Islamic Community Center. Moorhead Police Department identified the man as 22-year-old Benjamin Enderly of Moorhead. The Moorhead Fargo Islamic Community Center vandalized Saturday with Islamophobic and racist messages spray-painted on the siding along with swastikas. The Moorhead Police Department has requested the Clay County Attorney's Office charge Enderly with felony harassment and felony criminal damage to property. Uh, if you don't have your real ID yet, ah, don't worry about it. Americans will now have a lot more time to get that real ID that they'll need to board a flight or enter, uh, enter federal facilities. The Department of Homeland Security on Tuesday extended the real ID deadline until May 3rd, 2023. The deadline had been October 1st of this year, but it was becoming clear that a lot of people's a lot of people wouldn't make it in part because the COVID-19 outbreak made it harder for states to issue new licenses. Updated cards will be required for airport check-in and to enter federal facilities. Older IDs will still be suitable to allow people to drive, buy liquor and other age-regulated products or gamble at casinos. Travelers can also use military IDs or passports to access uh, flights and federal facilities. FBI raided Rudy Giuliani's apartment this morning in connection with his ongoing investigation into his dealings in Ukraine. The raid is a sign that Manhattan federal prosecutors' investigation into Giuliani is apparently entering a new phase. It's also a sign prosecutors think they have a strong case, according to experts. Giuliani, lawyer for former President Donald Trump, entitled to certain attorney-client privilege protections that can only be overcome with strong evidence of a crime. Spokesperson for the Southern District of New York declined comment today. Uh, we still don't know about the Minnesota State Fair, but apparently the Wisconsin State Fair is on. They have officially scheduled it to take place August 5th through the 15th in accordance with health guidelines at that time. Uh, therefore, decisions on capacity limits, mask requirements, and social dis uh, distancing will be made at a later time, but the fair is officially on for that time frame. Jerry Hammer's drop-dead date has to be coming up, doesn't it? We were it's talking about be. it about this time last year. Mm -hmm. It's got to be. He can't. They can't wait till July. Well, don't you think that it's almost likely that it's it's going to happen? Don't you guys think? Not with this governor. I don't at all. Really? No. Well, because well, like for instance, we should make an announcement. We're going to be at the auto show two weeks yes, from we are. two weeks from Monday. We That's are. the uh, May seventeenth. Yeah. <laughs> we are Kenny. It's going to be a lot we of fun. Kenny. So I mean, and okay, occasionally Kenny. Occasionally Kenny will be there. Right? <laughs> yeah. Do we know where we will be positioned? Uh Officially, I think so. Uh, we are going to be near the Shell's band shell, which is up, uh, what would you call that area, John? Uh, where like the Blue Barn and stuff is? Yeah. Machinery yeah. Hill area? Used to be called Machinery Hill? Well, isn't Machinery There where they had tractors and hay No, Machinery Hill's the other way. It's, yeah, it's over. Whatever. Toward. We'll find out and tell you when we know, because right now, obviously, we know nothing. No, we know we'll most likely be at the <laughs> Shell's band shell up by the Blue Barn in and that we, neck of the woods. We will be there. We know that much. Right. Uh, we have lost, uh, now this is a music death that you guys might call obscure, but it's not obscure. I'm sorry. One of the true giants of the recording industry, Al Schmidt, whose name should be familiar to any real music fan of the last 50 years. Al <sighs> died at the age of 91. So Why are you shaking your you're head? Just, you're so pompous. Well, listen, but he's on every ahead. album cover you've ever read. Schmidt's work as an engineer and producer earned him over 20 Grammys. Uh, how's this for a list of folks to work with, Kenny? Huh? Huh? Read an album cover, will you? 
Frank Sinatra, Ray Charles, Paul McCartney, Bob Dylan, George Benson, Quincy Jones, Diana Krall, Sam Cooke, Jackson Brown, Henry Mancini, Jefferson Airplane, and literally hundreds of other artists. Uh, he was also co-engineer on what I personally think was the best-sounding record of the 1970s and perhaps ever, Steely Dan's Asia, for which he won a Grammy. His career started way back in 1949. He worked under the legendary producer Tom Dowd at a 1949 Duke Ellington session, and uh, the career went all the way to the last couple of years. In an interview when he was 88 years old, asked if he considered himself retired or even semi-retired, Schmidt replied, only when the phone doesn't ring. The phone never stopped ringing, though. More recently, Schmidt actually worked on a couple of uh, big-selling albums, one of them the Mavericks in Espanol album and Trisha Yearwood's Frank Sinatra tribute, uh, Let's Be Frank. Both came out in 2019. John, was he a producer? He was both. He was. He started as an engineer, worked mostly as an engineer, but he ended up producing, uh, well, he, inter, uh, he, had, he produced the airplane, he produced Jackson Brown, but he continued to work as an engineer even as he was working as a producer. So mm-hmm. he won Grammys doing both, hmm. both producing and engineering. I'll have to look for his name, John. Oh, it's on everything, everything. Can't miss it. Uh, the local music community mourning after a well-known Twin Cities guitarist, Billy Franz of Dr. Mambo's Combo, died unexpectedly. Before the pandemic, Dr. Mambo's Combo, a regular site at Bunker's Music Bar and Grill in Minneapolis's Warehouse District. According to a Facebook post from Dr. Mambo's Combo, Franz passed very unexpectedly on Tuesday. Uh, Franz announced his retirement from the combo in June of 2020, but last week he played with the band on a Facebook post. Dr. Mambo's combos wrote, that's what a year of COVID boredom will do for you. Thank goodness we needed the rev. A lot of tributes and memories have been pouring in on social media since the announcement of Franz's death. Uh, I have no age. I looked all over for one, but I'm guessing mid-60s. Perhaps he's well-known in this community. Didn't our friend Greg Sane perform with Dr. Mambo's combo? He did, yeah. He sang, right? Yes, uh, yes, a great singer. Yep. And they also had the hit song Mambo Number Five. No, I'm going to come in there, Chris, Chris, and I'm just going to smack you right through the TV screen. You've never seen Doctor Mambo. I can't reach him right now. You haven't seen the combo, have you, Chris? I never have. I'm sorry. That was a hell of an orchestra, boy. They were tight. Wow. They could could do everything. Oh, it was just amazing to watch those guys play. Uh, Daniel Kaminsky. You guys ever heard of Daniel? We Boy, lost that's ringing too. a bell. We lost him, too. He's a security researcher known for his discovery of a fundamental flaw in the fabric of the Internet. He died huh. on Friday at his home in San Francisco. He was 42 years old. He died from diabetic ketoacidosis, mm. a condition that led to frequent hospitalizations in recent years. Uh, He was widely hailed as uh, the guy who basically saved the Internet in 2008. He found a serious flaw in the Internet's basic plumbing that allowed skilled coders to take over websites, siphon off bank credentials, and even shut down the Internet. Kaminsky alerted the Department of Homeland Security, executives at Microsoft and Cisco, and other Internet security experts to the problem and helped spearhead a patch to take care of that problem. Uh, His whole thing with computers started very early. His mom uh, said he had first developed a knack as a four-year-old in San Francisco after his dad gave him a computer from Radio Shack. By the age of five, his mom said he had taught himself to code. Hmm. His childhood paralleled the 1983 movie War Games. Remember that, of course. I do. Which 
in which a teenager played by Matthew Broderick unwittingly accessed a U.S. military computer. Well, Kaminsky actually did that when he was 11. Mom received an angry phone call from someone who dis identified himself as a network administrator for the Western United States, said someone at her residence was, quote, monkeying around in territories where he shouldn't be monkeying around in. Without her knowledge, Kaminsky had been examining military websites. The administrator vowed to punish the 11-year-old by cutting off the family's Internet access. Uh, they settled on compromise punishment three days without the Internet for Kaminsky. Again, he was 42 years old. Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> there is a seven-month-old. There's a seven-month-old in the house, and she was on the floor the other night. And near her was an iPad, and she swiped it. She she swiped her hand over it like you see other oh, people yeah. do. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah. that just terrifies me. Oh, it wasn't anything yeah. on we, it, but she was. Oh. Swiping it. It's a hell of a story. Did anyway, she yeah. send an email? Uh, or did she? I'll, I'll get back job. to you with more on that. As this story yeah, develops? Yeah. <laughs> boy, that'll get him to tune in tomorrow. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> we, uh, we, we have sorry a... Sorry I brought that up. <laughs> so are we, Joe. <laughs> uh, we have a, a bear, or some bears anyway, in the Woodbury area. There have been eight reports of bear sightings recently there. One of the reports said two bears were spotted. Two? That according, according to the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources website. Officials asked residents to be patient as the animal moves on. According to a Woodbury Public Safety Department's Facebook post, it said the bear has not been aggressive, but has been interested in deer and bird feeders in residential areas. They also reminded residents of a deer feeding ban in Washington County and recommended residents take down bird feeders at night until the bears path, uh, pass through. Sir, in the back. I uh, saw this on the news, and many of the Woodbury residents were quoted as saying, well, they were here first, to which I'm yelling at the TV, no, they weren't, you moron. The bears were never in Woodbury. They have found their way there because of an abundant supply of food. It has nothing to do with you being an evil white person who has taken their territory. Bears were not common in the metro area until recently. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. I do also... You, uh, so, go, go ahead, John. Sorry. I was going to say, do you spend a lot of time yelling at your TV, Joe? Yes, I'm just I curious. Yeah. Well, I good also, thing you don't have a gun like Elvis. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, Kenny, you'll appreciate this. I was also watching the news this morning and saw a resident say, yeah, I seen him. He was, uh, <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I almost texted all of was you. Was he holding a donut? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she went right over there. Yeah. I seen him. I seen him and he, and he take and go and he got yeah. some of the bird feed. You are, they were not here first. They've arrived because this is where the food is noted a burning man festival organizers announced tuesday now they are canceling this summer's annual counterculture festival in the nevada desert for a second year in a row because of a covid19 pandemic the san francisco-based group posted a video on its website that said there were too many uncertainties uncertainties to resolve in time to hold the event as scheduled august 26th to september 3rd in the black rock desert 100 miles north of reno Burning Man CEO Marion Goodell said the difficult decision is based on the best information that we have available to us. Yes. It's going to yell well, at you what again. is that thing? Does somebody 
is somebody getting a big check in the mail every year? What What oh, is yeah, this Burning Man thing? What is it? It's just a bunch of hippies <laughs> who go and listen to bands and dance around fires. And okay. But yes, it's it's a moneymaker, yes. All right. um, you take a so. giant dose of blotter and you, uh, you take off your clothes and you act the fool. Yeah. So back to the bear story, Joe. If, if that's true, <laughs> if you're really going to yell at your TV and say and claim that the reason that they're in Woodbury is because of the food supply, why wouldn't they have went to Hugo if it's all about food? Because I mean, Spencer I, has dynamite. <laughs> and a giant cannon. And Grunhoffers, if Spencer thought he was getting invaded by bears, he's going to save the meat oh, yeah. for the GLers. No, and then he's coming gonna, soon, the new bear brought. Then he's going to take the bear out back and he's going to say, hey, bear, Guess what? watch this. He's going to light a half a stick of dynamite. You'll never see that. You know where that bear went? Woodbury. Right. <laughs> the bear's not going to stay in Hugo and, and pester the wonderful GLers who keep showing up with regularity at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats on the Highway of Love, Highway 61, where you get the hamburgers and the steaks and the meatloaf and the brats and the burgers and the salmon and the seasoning and every everything you need for a wonderful, wonderful spring and summer of outdoor grilling. Of course, we grill out all year long, but we're entering the festive season when it's more relaxing and you can stop and enjoy the smell and not freeze to death. You're going to sit around your grill and you're going to cook meat, real meat, mm-hmm. not fake meat, real meat from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats right on Highway 61 at the north end of Hugo. A 12-year-old in North Carolina used the downtime he had during the pandemic to take a few extra classes in school. Now, one year later, remember, (coughs) old Mike Wimmer's Wimmer's only 12 years old, remember? He's getting ready to graduate high school and college. No, come on. In the same week, yeah. Wimmer completed four years of school in one year, two years of high school, and a two-year associate's degree. He'll graduate from Rowan Cabarrus Community College May 21st and from Concord Academy High School May 28th, where he is, of course, the valedictorian. Uh, That wasn't always Wimmer's plan, he said. The student was taking dual enrollment classes and realized at the pace he was working, he just needed a few more classes to get his associate's degree by his high school graduation time. His GPA at Rowan Cabarrus Community College, 4.0. His high school GPA, 5.45. I had to look this up. I didn't know that was possible. You can get above a 4 by doing other things. I was not aware of that. Uh, Despite being several years younger than his classmates, Wimmer said he gets along fine with everybody and was even nominated to homecoming court last year. Wimmer, who has an interest in robotics... Where he took his robot. (laughs) (laughs) Hell, he has an interest in robotics, Chris. He says he's the math and science guy. He says he always had an affinity for technology. He got his first iPad when he was 18 months old, wondered how it uh, worked. He also has created his own startup called Reflect Social. Wimmer's goal for the startup is to simplify how smart home technology works with the ultimate goal to help others... The 12-year-old said, my entrepreneurial goal is to build technology that enables people to live better lives. See, Joe, maybe you should take that as a good sign that the 7-month-old knows how to swipe the iPad. This kid was using it at 18 months. Yeah, that's that's good. He's going to have a lot of friends. I have been doing everything I possibly can to prove you wrong about your outrageous hot take on bears not being in southern Minnesota. (laughs) And... uh, it appears you're correct. U-S-O-B. Of course I am. U-S-O-B. Kenny, can you eat bear? Is it edible? 
Hell yes. I mean, is it good? Well, after it's a long wonderful. year. You could bring a bear to Grunhofer. I bet Spencer would dress it for you. You guys. Oh. I swear to God, you guys. Hold on. Don't blame Here me, Kenny. I had nothing to do with it. No bear place. meat at the glory hole. <laughs> there we go. Uh-huh. I was looking for that one. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. After a long year and a lot of anticipation. <laughs> you can eat bear, Chris, but you better do it with a smile on your face. After. God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. After no a bear year. meat at the glory hole. You know why you people are pathetic? No, I, I, it's just, I don't want to so do sad. this anymore. No, you're, you're good. <laughs> Ever? No, I'm not good. Ever? You done? Such. Such, there used to be grizzly bear in Minnesota. I did discover that, but they're long gone. Really? I have yeah. had bear meat before, I think from yeah, Dennis it's Anderson. Good. It's yeah, very it's good. good. Hmm. It's good. I was just astounded by Chris's question. I was just I was completely gobsmacked by that question. <laughs> Sorry. After a long year, a lot it's of like anticip- it's raccoon. I mean, it's not a delicacy. <laughs> After a long year and a lot of anticipation, getting the COVID-19 vaccine can be cause for celebration. And for some, that might mean pouring a drink and toasting their new immunity. But can alcohol interfere with your immune response? The answer is no. I looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) He did the research. Uh, Joe is pretty much correct there. If you just drink normally, it's not going to affect you. There's no no evidence that having a drink or two can render any of the current COVID vaccines less effective. Define normally. Some studies have even found uh, over the longer term, smaller, moderate amounts of alcohol might actually benefit the immune system by reducing inflammation. However, heavy alcohol consumption, particularly over the long term, can suppress the immune system and potentially interfere with your vaccine response, according to the experts. Since it can take a few weeks after a COVID shot for the body to generate protective levels of antibodies against the coronavirus, anything that interferes with the immune response could be cause for concern. And then we have the ever, uh, when it tells us what moderate drinking is, uh, that's no more than two drinks a day for uh-huh. men and one drink a day for women. Heavy drinking, uh, drinking defined as four or more drinks on any day for men, three or more drinks for women. I drink so much that last night I poured myself a glass of wine and uh, forgot all about it, and it was still on the kitchen counter this morning when I woke up. <laughs> You're too drunk, you forgot it. <laughs> I, just, I just poured a glass of wine and forgot all about it. I just I don't drink anymore. That's good. Bragger. Uh, speaking of drinks. I haven't yes. had a drink in going on seven weeks. Good for you. Wow. Well, no, maybe that's what the problem is. I think that might be the problem. <laughs> you better have a drink. <laughs> Watch out, Yarmo. The, the mayor's and the, coming. <laughs> and the doc said, "The doc said, well, you know, this is this is not bad." I said, "I know, it's not a problem. I, I just not having any." And and he said, "Well, maybe maybe this will mean you you'll probably just drink a lot less the rest of your life." And I said, "Hey, hey, hey, hey. let's not get too excited here." <laughs> right. And he laughed. I got a laugh out of him. <laughs> maybe the reason you don't feel so good is because you quit drinking. Yeah, I'm starting to feel. I'm starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I have a virus. It has nothing to do with COVID, and I'm starting to come out the other end. So everything's going to be just swell. Still wearing the shawl every time you go out. Go out nope. to walk to the nope. mailbox. You have the shawl on. No, nope. I'm, I'm going on a few days, if not a week, without having to have a shawl. Okay. You got the Bernie Sanders gloves. I do have mittens. Okay. 
That's good. And I hold my hands like this. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of drinks, a historic bottle of whiskey can soon be yours if you have tens of thousand dollars to spare. The whiskey bottled in LaGrange, Georgia is about to go up for auction. The old Ingledoo whiskey is believed to be the oldest known whiskey in existence. This is according to Skinner, who's facilitating the auction. The online auction is set for June 22nd through the 30th. It's suspected to uh, get between twenty dollars and $40,000. Carbon-14 dating done in conjunction with the University of Georgia indicates the bourbon was likely produced between 1762 and 1802, so could have been around the time of the Revolutionary War and the Whiskey Rebellion. Skinner's rare spirits expert, Joseph Hyman, said in a statement that whiskey is thought to be the only surviving bottle of a trio from the cellar of J.P. Morgan, gifted in the 1940s to the Washington power elite. Financier John Pierpont Morgan reportedly bought the bottle during one of his frequent visits to Georgia. It's believed to have been bottled in LaGrange, according to the auction house, which said it was standard practice to store spirits in bottles after being aged in Oak that barrels. seems like a waste of money. I'd just rather do harmony with the I don't know enough bourbon. about whiskey to know if this would mean it's going to taste fantastic or what. I just don't know enough about the system. I, uh, how I t- tried to research that and could not find an answer mm-hmm. for anything that old. Mm-hmm. So. John, In that's Maine. fantastic stuff. Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't sure. Can't thank you enough for the time, Can't Johnny. Thank Hyde. you enough, and we'll be back. <laughs> better than a good day at work so by my standards that means a bad day fishing with a good cigar is probably the best day ever and the best way to make that great bad day fishing is to get that great cigar from Sodi's. that was a long way wasn't it <laughs> when when you roll into Sodi's to buy your cigars you'll find out it's a great experience a great shop with a huge humidor stocked with a wide variety of cigars a wonderful smoking lounge uh, all separated from the purchasing area, and it has a state-of-the-art ventilation system in, so you can go in, smoke your cigar, walk out, and not carry that smell home with you. The only thing missing here is a fishing pond or a creek. Uh, the guys at Sodi's they have the knowledge to pick out exactly what's right for you. Cigars, that is, not crawlers or minnows. Uh, but if you're an old cigar pro... In that case, look into joining the Sodis Club. That's a special membership. You receive a personal cigar locker there in the store and a 15% discount on all merchandise. They're located right off Highway 36, south side of 36 on Osgood and Stillwater. It's the last light right before you head over the new bridge. Hang a right on Osgood. You'll see Sodis Cigar and Pipe immediately on your right. You'll also find them at SodisCigars.com. And when you roll in there, tell them that the uh, crew at Garage Logic Podcast sent you. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. I received word today from our friends at Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo and Fiat in Maplewood, that southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61, that Saturday morning I will drive my Fiat out to Countryside, and I will be placed behind the wheel of the new electric ID4. Nice. Uh, Volkswagen's new electric uh, SUV. And I'm going to have it for the weekend, and I'm going to do a lot of reading, and I'm going to do a lot of driving in it. I have never before 
driven an electric vehicle, much less even been inside one. So I'm looking forward to this as any GLer would with a new motoring experience. So uh, I'll have more to tell you next week. This is at Schmel's Countryside, where right now you can take advantage of 0% for 72 months on the Volkswagen Atlas and Tiguan. Uh, great tire event in uh, uh, taking place where you get uh, you pied three tires and the fourth one is free. It's a multi-generational dealership. They don't have 40 stores. They take care of you. That's how they've stayed in business for more than 60 years at that same location. It's where I shop. It's where I've been buying all my cars for years and I will continue to. And again, uh, Saturday morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and I'm going to be given the keys. Do, do electric vehicles even have keys? They must. you got to get in and out of them. And uh, I will be driving that ID4 over that beautiful weather weekend we have coming up. And I can't wait to tell you about it. I can't wait for the experience myself. I've never, never even come close to experiencing an electric vehicle. But I'm pleased that the first one I will ever try is from Volkswagen, Schmel's Countryside in Maplewood. See, I want to read you a note from Dave Bliss, our philosopher in Sofia, Bulgaria, who said on yesterday's show, you and the fellows were discussing how racism essentially has to be taught. This reminded me of an incident with my daughters about eight or nine years ago. At the time, there was a popular kid show called The Winks. It was a cartoon about six fairies who were best friends and fought the forces of evil while attending high school and dealing with boyfriends. Hmm. It was just the sort of thing girls ages four to eight would enjoy, and my daughters saved up their allowance to collect each of the six distinct dolls. We were at the toy store one day checking out the dolls, and I overheard the girls discussing which of the fairies looked like them the most. My oldest and youngest daughters inherited my Northern European looks. They both agreed that the fairy that looked the most like them was a light-skinned fairy with blonde hair named Stella. I asked which fairy looked the most like our middle daughter, Veronica. The three of them unanimously agreed that she looked like Asia, the black fairy. Veronica is as white as any Southern European, but she inherited my wife's beautiful dark brown hair. In considering which fairy looked most like each of them, my girls looked at hair color more than skin color. We never taught our daughters to segregate people's groups based on skin color, and that was the result. I would submit that not only does racism have to be taught, but so do racial differences. I agree with Morgan Freeman that the best way to end racism is to stop talking about it. I agree. Dave Bliss in Bulgaria. And now, only because they come to you, all the way from Marloth Park in Mumpama, in, in Mumpumalanga, South Africa, from her friend Tom Lyman, it was on this day in 1849 that James M. Goodhue published the first issue of the Minnesota Pioneer, the territory's first newspaper of which the Pioneer Press is still a lasting legacy of that. Really? And on, this day, and on this day in 1871, a lake monster was seen swimming in Ooh. Lake Pepin. 
But huh. nothing ever came from it. it I, I, the, the local news channels have tried to fire up that story every five years or so <laughs> about the lake monster in Lake Pepin, but nothing's really come of it. Not true. Uh, Not like true. the Loch Ness Monster. Yes, Chris? Uh, lake Monster Brewing, right up the street here, is that's what they were named after. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nifty. I and didn't that, know that. It's a really cool brewery. Well, we've all been there. We had a yeah. sales meeting there. And they make oh, we good have, beer. haven't we? And, we? and they make really good beer. Is it off uh, University in Crete and Vandalia? Right in there? Yes, yes. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah. Oh, oh, that day. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I, uh, there was a couple, couple of people in the, cust- uh, in the parking lot that got great amusement watching Such try to back his car into a spot. It was <laughs> so right. funny. Oh, my God. They just sat and smiled. And Kenny, looking out, again, looking again the mirror, this is all nonsense. This is all nonsense. <laughs> and he opens the door and he gets out and he looks and then he waddles back in. Oh God, it was just so. And I was really crabby. I didn't want to. Didn't want to be there. But after that, I, I was in the best mood ever. It was just such a delightful. <laughs> and that was upon my arrival. You say thank you for at least yeah, clarifying yeah. that. When this GL historian, when he gathers. This information, where's where's he getting it? What are you picturing? Tom Lyman in uh, in South Africa. It's uh, he gets it from uh, you know the deal. Uh, that, <laughs> World that takes uh, the deal. That takes all the romance out of it. I picture in my mind he's got a big, giant almanac that takes two people to carry. Yep. The kind you see as a main focal point in a big library. And then at the end of every day or when he takes it out, he does he this. slides it he slides it out of a safe. And it comes yeah. out of the safe and onto the table. And he turns to this day in history in eighteen forty nine and he finds that story. Uh, and I bring it up because a safe. We all need a safe. Such, what would you put in a safe if you had a safe? What would go in there? What uh, my baseball cards? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that figures. Uh, well, it's a good thing I've got a safe for you. Uh, you can lo- a safe guy for you too. You can log on to Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Meet Rich. He's the owner and proprietor, MGLS, uh, and see the best safes ever made. The Liberty Safes. They're made right here in the United States of America. And we need Rich because, you know, let's be honest, go get a safe anywhere. But you're going to spend too much. Even if you go to a discount store, you're going to spend too much because you don't know what you're doing. You think you know what you want, but you don't. And that's why we have Rich here to save us some money, to talk us through it, to coach us. And he'll set us up with the best safe to fit our needs. He carries all sorts of safes, but uh, Liberty Safe, the main one there. He also offers full commercial and residential lock and key services. So if you haven't had a chance yet, please log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Or better yet, stop in in Maple Grove and meet Rich. All right. Thank you, GLers. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Uh, also, <clears throat> while you're at it, after you go to maplegrovelockandsafe.com, head on over to YouTube and like and subscribe the Garage Logic YouTube channel. We're pumping out daily videos, and uh, we'd like you to join us. Also, download the Pod MN app for your chance to win fantastic Garage Logic prizes just simply by listening to us via the Pod MN app. We'll catch you tomorrow.